come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast. We're a movie review and talk show podcast that comes your way every Saturday, whether you're ready for it or not, in our quest for total world domination. Hey, you can help us out with that by going over to wherever you found us and hit that like or subscribe button. All of that stuff helps us get found by other like-minded folks like you who are into the same crazy stuff that we are. These are the internet radio superstars. Holly. John. Michaela. And I'm Colin. And tonight we watched the movie that was chosen by Michaela. Happy holidays, Michaela. Happy holidays. It is a high horror holiday. It is the high horror the holiday. Yeah. Show. What it, did we watch tonight? Well, the date we are recording this is Friday the 13th. Indeed. Mm. And Indeed it is. we don't get very many of those, so we got to celebrate them when we can. So yes. we watch Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives. Mm, you went a different direction than I would have. <laughs> yeah. good that, that's why you get your own pick, Sean. That's why you get your own pick. How many have we done? Well, we did part eight. That was yours. I think I picked all of them three up until now. I did. Wait, did you pick part? Th- I picked part pick- three. Then what? I picked it for us to watch it because oh, okay. I knew you had it. All right. I think I picked them all up until now. So what year was this one made? 1986. And directed by? Tom McLaughlin. Also the writer. Mm-hmm. And how do we know Tom McLaughlin? Well, he directed one of my all-time favorite Lifetime movies. Oh. What? Cyber Seduction, His Secret yes. Life. Yes. <laughs> Which, um, okay. if you have not seen this one, <laughs> you I'll gotta. Just, it, it, it's a, uh, just give us a quick rundown. Yeah, I'm gonna, yes, okay. a, a high school yeah. um, s- swimmer. Uh, gets so addicted to porn, he watches it on Palm Pilots at swim meets. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. This is amazing. Yep, it's it's one of the best time movies ever. It is spectacular. <laughs> yes. Like, know yeah. what technology was? No. Nope. Porn? No. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, and he, we're on the forefront he, of everything. Sean, he burns porn onto like CDs and keeps them in his room. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's how his mom finds out. He's burning, finds he's burning them on mini discs. Yeah. Yeah. This, is, this is why I think you guys underestimate Lifetime movies. It gets wild. It's, it's, Lifetime it movies solid. are the drive in movies of uh, today. They are. Today. Yes. yes. They're fantastic. Yeah. And yeah, especially like. Lifetime movies. It almost feels like some of them are written like magic. Ad libs or yeah. on a dare, oh, sure. you know, yeah. it's just. And I feel like this one in particular was mm-hmm. the first time that they were like, let's have a lifetime movie be about a boy yeah. instead of a girl with an eating disorder. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It was new ground, new territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I remember I'm glad this. to hear that deal. he's still working because, yep. uh, mm-hmm. like, honestly, I thought he dropped off the face of the earth. He does a lot of TV now, it seems like. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, he's got a lot of stuff, but not a lot of recognizable well, stuff. He's now like the go-to guy whenever they're talking about horror movies. He's one of the usual like talking heads that shows up to like be right. a horror movie sure. expert. Yeah. Right. He had done a movie before this. Anybody seen One Dark Night? Nope. Nope. It's Sounds a bunch good. of friends that are trapped in a mausoleum and goofy shit happens. I saw it. I didn't think it was all that. But that's what got him the job on this. And then he wanted to do his dream project. Which was date with an angel, which he did, which, which I think I saw. Reading it, the premise, I was like, we might have to bring this to the freak show. With an angel. It's exactly what it sounds okay, like. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. A date with an angel. Yes. Oh, but there's, there's so much more things. She has like it. wings on the cover. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I saw it. And I was, I like, was instantly thinking like Nicholas Cage and Meg. No, Ryan it's a woman. Like, like no, this is like she fell to earth and it's like a fish out of water. Like date Ooh, with an angel. Like, like yeah. Flash, I, but an angel. Yes. Like yeah, I read right. the synopsis and was like, I can't read anymore because I need to save this for the. The freak show okay. was my yeah. first because okay. I think that was the thing that he did after directly after Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. So yeah. it's like it's like you feel like he wasn't really a horror guy, then kind of became typecast as a horror guy mm-hmm. for the rest of his life. Right? He has a sequel idea 
for, for uh, Friday the 13th movie. Sure. Directly from this or from where it ended off? I think uh, I'm not entirely mm-hmm. sure if Jason's still under the water and it's frozen. It takes place in the snow because they don't want it to take place in the snow now. That's how we're going to do like another Friday the 13th. I mean, can you imagine him breaking up from the ice? That'd be dope. Come, That'd be awesome. Like, ice, considering what this movie is, and we'll get to all of that shit. Give him another one. Let you, him do it. You start. That's how you cold open the movie, Sean. You have yeah. kids playing hockey on the ice. He yes. brings up the ice and kills all the fucking yes. hockey yes. players. <laughs> yes. And one of them daring to wear the the goalie has his mask. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Copyright. Perfect. Twenty twenty one. It writes itself. Show. God damn it. Why? Why? I know there's a fan film out there where it's in the winter, but I mean it can't be as good as what we just said. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I saw that fan film. I don't recall there being a yeah. I it's so uh, it's yeah. like it writes itself. <laughs> it you does. don't even have to it think does. about it. Like yeah. Um, well, all right. So I mean, what do we know? So about uh, well, this is the sixth movie, obviously in the uh, franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of started getting long in the tooth. Uh, the movie before it was Friday the 13th, uh, New Blood, or sorry, the uh, New, new beginning. beginning. And that was not, if I remember at the time, not well regarded okay. by I the fans. I still fan don't base. think it is. So what we're talking about here is because I relate everything to this. So part five was our Halloween three, and this is our Halloween four, is what you're saying. It's like Yes. Yes, but that's like, how I relate everything. But like Halloween is so much more linear than this franchise well, even sure, is. Well, yeah. You know, this like I think the weird thing about Friday the thirteenth is I feel like everyone can say their movie, their favorite is a different one, and like no one's really wrong. Unless you say Jason goes to hell, like then you're just you're wrong. Yeah, then you're but, wrong. But like, but like, if some, <laughs> right? But if someone said like part two is my favorite, I'd be like, I can see that. Yeah, or someone said part three, I'm like, I can see that. You yeah. know, like yeah. for the most yeah. part, every yes. you can have a different favorite and it's understandable. Well, yeah. the, the complaint that I always heard about this movie, there's a lot of people where this is the one that kind of you know like their allegiance to the franchise, like uh, you know, it either won you over or it left you cold because it's not technically a hardcore horror film. Like part four. Mm-hmm. Was kind of to me. That's like the that's the movie that the franchise that the the series is working towards, right? That's like self actualized Friday the Thirteenth. That's like almost the epitome of the Friday the Thirteenth movie is part right. four, and it's hardcore, bloody Tom Savini, yeah, right. You know, gore, mm-hmm. and then part five is like the uh, redheaded stepchild. And then part six, they bring McLaughlin in, McLaughlin, and it's like, okay, we need you to do another one of these, right? And he says, he sits down, and I guess like his, uh, you know, thing was he was going to write, watch like all of them, and then write something. But he brought humor into it, and that I think turns a lot of people off of this movie. <laughs> I don't or feel like it brings it's that, you on board, right? I don't feel like the humor's that heavy handed. Though, say, it doesn't like, feel it's, like a very humorous movie. Right. It's, well, it's, think about the guys in the woods. Because that's the moment I remember watching it with people when that guy pokes, you know, the paintballers yeah. and he pokes yeah. his head out of the woods. That's like, okay. I guess like when I like to relate it back to Halloween again, like Halloween five has those two dumb cops that are just intolerable, like mm-hmm. that try to like lighten up and bring humor to that movie to the point where they're like underscoring it with sound effects. That to me is too much. Whereas like in comparison, this movie like knows when to stop. I well, think. there's a tone, I guess. At the, yes. But this is like an intentional a consistent tone. tone. Yeah. Yeah, he's trying to lighten the mood. It, my impression is that Tom McLaughlin came into this, and his sensibility is like, I'm going to make entertainment first. Like, that's my primary goal. Because I think, like, part of this might have been motivated by the fact that in 1986, when this was made, the ratings board was so hard. I'm like, this was the moment where they had had slasher movies forever, and the Tom Savini gore was just like, okay. 
you know, you've crossed the line. <laughs> and so they would just cut the shit out of these movies. So he knows going in that like, well, we can't make a really gory bloodbath. Yeah. It's all just going to get cut out of the movie. So it almost seems like his kill scenes aren't even written to be really brutal. Yeah. I even remember them being more brutal. I haven't I actually haven't watched this one in a little bit, but I remember them being more brutal. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I in my head I remember seeing more. Like when Tony Goldwyn gets killed or when he, she yeah. opens the car door and her friend's head falls out. I remember seeing a lot more of that before it fell out uh-huh. and shit. Like I, I I was sitting here thinking like did this did they crop this on the Blu-ray or something? Because I remember this scene. I know. I remember like, this movie much bloodier than it yeah. actually is. No, yeah. I, can, I can vouch for uh, <laughs> having seen this one probably more, aside from part three, uh, than all the other movies in the series. It's exactly the same as it was uh, mm-hmm. when it was released. <laughs> so we're picking up. Okay, so here's the other thing. Like, uh, I don't know. Right? I have this, like, Friday the 13th timeline, right? This, to me is the end of the, like Friday the 13th has there's like two overlapping uh storylines that start in 1980 right with Jason drowning mm-hmm. and end with part 6 <laughs> and the, the Tommy Jarvis like three movie arc yes. right right there's yes. the Jason on the prowl going around uh, Camp Crystal Lake and just killing everybody mm-hmm. uh and then there's the Tommy Jarvis arc right there's also we've also got like Jason's like kind of arc because he turns into zombie Jason. He's different for like half the movie. Well, specifically in this one, right? Well, yes, mm-hmm. but that's this something is, that this, this is does, the start this of the zombie Jason. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're getting a Part. change yeah. there as well. Could this movie function as the end of the Friday the Thirteenth? Oh yeah, series. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. the way it ends. Yeah, definitely because mm-hmm. it rhymes with the first one. So he yeah. came out. He was born basically in the water. Yeah. Yeah. they put him back in the water. And Tommy, right. Jarvis Tommy Jarvis gets his full there. arc. Yeah, yep. right. Yep. Oh yeah, this could be it. Yeah. yeah, and then that's why like all the other ones seem like they're just kind of reaching. Uh, how about the psychic girl? Yeah, psychic girl who New York. Psychic girl who dad used to throw her in this lake for yeah. some reason. Like I, oh, I, there's parts of the new blood I really like. Some of the kills are really cool, but. The, like how we get there is so <laughs> shaky. Yeah. It's also like this is one of the last ones where Jason is like kind of a normal dude. After this, he turns into Hulk Jason, basically, yeah. like yeah, Kane Hodder mm-hmm. portraying him. So he's a huge, yeah, like thing. In but the rest that's, of the I mean, like I think everybody basically is on the same page, right? That the the Kane Hodder Jason is like the definitive yeah, Jason, maybe. Much. Maybe yeah. the performance wise, not so much, uh, you know, because his appearance changes in every movie. Mm-hmm. This becomes a lot of, uh, you know, very uh, something that fans analyze to death. Uh, but the part seven uh, emaciated, you know, Jason in mm-hmm. tatters yes. is like the coolest. It's ghoul. the coolest, it is ghoul the Jason. coolest looking one <laughs> yeah. by yeah. far. Waterlogged and his skin. The chain around his neck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's broken. You yeah. can see like his skeleton starting to come through. The mask looks cool. the coolest. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. And the you best wish one. that maybe he could have been hired one year earlier, yes. or whatever, two years earlier to yeah. be in this one. No <laughs> offense, T.J. Graham, you're not my favorite Jason. No. I don't. But it is. But it is refreshing. Like if you get on that Kane Hodder track and kind of stick with those for all, it is refreshing to go back and be like, oh, it used to kind of be like this. But yeah. that's, but that, see, for me, it's the opposite effect because I, I like that imposing, like, impossibly large, well, like, sure. Jason. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this guy, like, no offense, his posture sucks. Like, that's it. It's the posture. His posture, like, he has, like, frumpy, slumped over shoulders. Yeah, his shoulders go forward. His he's shoulders, not a, yeah. Again, it's, he's just not a thick, like, brick no. shithouse individual. It's, it just doesn't work for me and then i was like i was thinking he kind of reminded me of george p wilbur's in part four of mm. halloween right yeah uh that guy 
it was not a good michael myers and like you pointed out sean he walks with a stick up his butt and that's kind of how this guy walks too like he kind of walks like he's got a stick well, up his butt. he walks with a purpose like there's like the um usually for the friday the 13th movies they would just cast stuntmen to mm-hmm. be uh jason apparently in this one they had cast a guy and then they fired I think his him his name was dan bradley i had it written down he's well his you can still see his performance in the paintball scene that is dan bradley yeah. and then cj graham is in the rest of the movie yeah and cj graham if i remember was like a uh he, restaurant manager yeah but wasn't he like a former marine he was or in the military like yeah but at the time he was working as a restaurant but he manager had, they had seen him like doing some kind of like nightclub act where he pretended to be mm-hmm. jason or something this was like a split set de- uh, second decision because mm-hmm. like the other guy was not working out for some right. reason and they're like, they didn't we need like, another Jason. They didn't like the look of Dan Bradley, which I kind of disagree. I think he is a little better than C.J. Graham. C.J. Graham, they they thought because of his military background, he will take orders and do the job and do it well and won't and will question throw it. Yeah, into, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, harm's so, way. The other yeah. guy, I guess, filled out the suit a little more. He did. Than the, they I, were happy with. Speaking of walking with a stick up his butt, those pants were so fucking tight on him during that paintball scene. <laughs> I was like, you could, like that, like his ass was eating those pants, man. I was like, Jesus. I know. Yeah, because it shows that one part. You're just like, huh. yeah. You're like, damn, Jason's Jason got a little pig. booty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. squats. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the um, I mean, I've never been brought to back to life by electricity. I didn't know it did that. Yeah, yeah filled out those pants real yeah. well. But this is a cool thing. This is a cool way to start your movie off, right? I mean, like this has one of the most memorable openings to a Friday the Thirteenth movie, the pre-credit uh, opening. Feels, I think, like this. He McLaughlin is trying to do like a universal horror movie, mm-hmm. right? This he said feels- he was very inspired by Hammer films, Colin, and he wanted oh, like a Hammer oh, film entry, uh, intro. Oh. So. Does it, doesn't it like have that words. feel? You know, you got guys going into a uh, rolling fog, yeah, a stormy <laughs> night in a graveyard, it's, yeah, you know? windy, yeah, like oh. an old timey graveyard like, with the iron down, fence. Hands down, the beginning of this movie is my favorite part of the movie, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, got, it's uh, fantastic. And uh, Horshack from uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. Welcome back Cotter <laughs> Ooh, 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 ooh. Mr. <laughs> yeah, so is that like the first part of show. like uh, self-referential cast? They're not self-referential, but like aware uh, casting. Is this movie, so I've heard like in years late, you know, since it, uh, it's been singled out as being like um, a forerunner of like a postmodern self-aware horror movie that obviously Scream would later become. Well, right. Yeah. It's funny you should mention Scream, Colin, because oh. <laughs> Kevin Williamson said he was very heavily influenced by this movie and its self-aware nature, and he go. kept that in mind when he was writing Scream. And Tom McLaughlin was offered to direct Scream, and he said no. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> I mean, I think it worked out. For and the that's best. when yeah. he met. And that's when he met Kevin Williamson. And Kevin Williamson was like, "I'm a huge fan of yours. I love Part six. Offered and, it because uh, Kevin Williamson was like, "Hey, you should get the guy who did Friday the Thirteenth. That part, I cannot uh, confirm. <laughs> but oh, man, that where's be that <laughs> yeah. Where's our horror multiverse? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it does have like I mean I guess that's the thing. This is uh, the first Friday the Thirteenth movie, and this kind of shows you where slasher movies were at. Obviously, we've been saying that you know slasher movies peaked in like nineteen eighty one. Yes, mm-hmm. um, and so this is many years on, and so this series is running on long in the tooth. And and then little did they know that it would go for you know like another six years or whatever, what ten years, you know. Um, but the idea basically that he had was like, okay, I'm going to create characters that know 
the rules, you know, like they recognize when they're in a horror movie. Yeah. Right. You know? Almost. They specifically stated it at certain points. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't, know I don't do that because that's that... what dumb people in a horror movie do is yeah, what yeah. Nancy McLaughlin, Tom's wife, says in the beginning to Tony Goldwyn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Tony Goldwyn. This is mm-hmm. his first movie appearing mm-hmm. in this movie. Okay. So the, the, the movie starts off dark, stormy night. We're going into a, a, a cemetery. Jason has been buried because he uh, was killed dead in Friday the 13th part four. There's really no way to get around that. Like he always at the end of the movie seems to die, even if he gets an ax in his head. But it's like, no, no, that was just a flesh wound. Somehow he's somehow <laughs> to survive yeah. this. But right. there's no real good way to survive getting an ax like halfway through your face and sliding down. Yeah. On it, and then being yeah. hacked up by a 12 year old kid. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much mm-hmm. the end. <laughs> and somebody paid for a headstone and a casket for this kid. Okay, so because that <laughs> somebody curious, yeah, yeah. it's kind of interesting. If you look at part five, uh, there is like a flashback scene where Corey Feldman, who played Tommy Jarvis in part four, goes to Jason's grave, and it's basically just like a a board over the top of like a wooden, mm-hmm. you know, headstone. This one, he's actually buried in an actual cemetery. But did you know? I'm sure you did. Actually, how was this movie going to end originally in the script? Oh, yeah, there was going to be a scene where Jason's dad comes and, like, lays, right. lays flowers at his grave. And it's like, so you were supposed to connect the dots that, like, that's who who interned him and gotcha. had paid for all that. that. Which I'm glad they didn't. I would fucking hate Jason's that if that dad. was the end of this yeah. movie. I don't want to know Jason. Jason. Elias Voorhees, it turns out, according to the script. Because I know this because I had the novelization, uh, <laughs> which included did. that scene. Um, but it he basically yeah shows up to the caretaker. Martin is still alive in that scene because the scene where Martin gets killed in this was a reshoot. Apparently mm-hmm. they had to pad the movie out. But he shows up and somehow knows, right? He's got cruel eyes and he knows that his son's not in that grave and looks at Martin and then he looks out to the lake and then that's basically where the movie ends. And apparently Paramount thought that this was would force them to do a sequel and so they told him like, no, McLaughlin, you can't do, you can't put Jason's dad in the movie because then we're going to have to do another one. For the Friday the Thirteenth movies, gonna, we're we'll like have the, to do another yeah, one because I think it doesn't matter how you end it. There's going to be another like, what one. What are you right? doing? Yeah, you but, are not the executive that's supposed to be in charge of this. Yeah, but this is what's kind of ironic about now. We it's like well, every movie just keeps going and going and going right. and going. Now I but want no. the executive to be like we don't. I don't want to do <laughs> yeah. anymore. Yeah, I'm like this is it. They were always like we don't know how this one's going to do. If this one doesn't do well, we're not going to do another one next year. <laughs> what's, what's funny about that is that meanwhile over at New Line, Bob Shay's like every ending has to be open for a sequel. Nope. That's yeah. Bob Shay's whole thing is every. <laughs> single ending has to be open that's for a cods too it's just like jason will never or uh, michael will never die <laughs> yeah and i think you know obviously somebody at some point they did like leave the open uh, the ending open on this one that like he's still alive under the under the lake. that was probably like he's talking to his editor he's like hey you got one of those shots with his eyes open Stick that at the end. Yeah, yeah. you guys kind of feel like that because yeah. that's the same shot from yeah, the, yeah. It's like the same play. shot. Yeah. I was yeah. gonna say, that's, I definitely felt like they yeah, that was that something on. like yeah. Grab that, put it in there. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> but like if they would have had that scene of his dad coming to his grave, first of all, like I don't need like whatever kind of emotional thing you're trying to stir up, and mm-hmm. you don't just, need it. Don't next, need it. Next movie starts with uh, uh, Jason as a young child being abused by his father. Yeah, it's a Rob Zombie like, version yeah. of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. Is, if Rob Zombie were remaking see, yeah. it, yeah, that, that, that's what I was gonna say. Is it would feel way too much like backstory. I don't yes. want like Rob Zombie would do in a movie. Yeah, I don't want to know, like, know any more about Jason. I got all I need to know. Don't. Yeah. He's like think, Anakin. There is no dad, right? Right. Yeah. He's yeah. like Anakin. Yeah. yeah. But I think, you know, this is the uh, the thing that I think we've talked about this off, Mike, is the, the difference between, like, Michael Myers 
and Jason. It's like Jason is like the he's a legend, you know. Right. It's he's the idea of if you go in the woods, there's some spooky guy out there who's going to kill you. Or Michael Jason, Myers yeah. is like the home invader, right? It's like he's going to come into your house and kill you. Mm-hmm. But, Jason is don't participate in any sinful activity in public basically like yeah don't you know, go out yeah. In the, yeah don't have sex don't do drugs you know oh and jason's got like the woods like yeah. i'm pretty right. sure you could, if you knew about it like anywhere you are just like don't go in the woods like <laughs> jason's out there like i never think michael's yeah. in the woods stay out of the forest yeah mm-hmm. yeah and they do uh you know obviously this is uh this is something that uh, uh scholars have come up with who look at these movies the idea that in the friday the 13th movies jason's arrival is always Pretty much two in the movie, accompanied by like a, th- a thunderstorm, and the wind always picks up mm-hmm. like he's a force of nature. He brings mm-hmm. that with him, um, and they do that here. But you know what this one does that none of the other ones does? Is this is a movie that takes place at a summer camp that actually has kids at it. Which I love, because it ups the stakes so much more. Yeah. However, it doesn't really mean anything in the end, because no, no kids fucking die. Damn. And they cheap out on it, and it makes me so... <laughs> Mad. Like, like this is a family film. Damn it! <laughs> one kid is it? <laughs> like you couldn't kill one kid. One like kid. you couldn't kill one. Like, no, but you they... just you put a little asshole kid in there and you're like, yes, he's gonna get yes, it. a little like like the the kid in Teen Witch or Near Dark. Yes. That one little kid with a punchable face is a real asshole. Yeah, 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 and you yeah. kill that kid. Exactly. I was kind of surprised that they did. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I was. Su- Surprised then that they did it. Obviously, the Halloween uh, 2018. Actually, I think like doesn't Michael Myers almost kill a yes. kid in a? No, he kills, he, kid he kills a, Lumpy. He, yeah, he, he no, breaks the, Lumpy's neck. Doesn't he go after a kid in a crib at one point? He looks in on the crib, yeah, but or something then keeps like that. going. He keeps but he kills going. But no, but he kills the kid in the car at yeah. the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. But they have the uh, the idea that like kids are legitimately in peril, which I think like at the in in Friday the 13th Part Six, mm-hmm. I think at the time that obviously was a concern. They're like, you know, you're going to put kids in a movie with a, a serial killer running around. Right. But they do a scene where he's leaning over the bed. Well, this, this is what I was going to say. I actually think Jason uh, is afraid of children. And I think he's <laughs> he's looking at it going like, what the fuck are you? Like, that's why he's leaning over the See, bed. He's like, what is this? That's not what I got from that scene at all. I hated that they were shoving religion into this. I was like, oh, yeah. really? So she's saying a prayer so he's going to spare her life? I hate this. Yeah, this, this like, is the 1980s. I they would have been, uh, yeah, what? That's what you Because do, I have no reason to think Jason would behave that way in that situation. I think it was circumstantial. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think it was his decision not to. I, I think, think s- he was about to, and it was like circumstance that he heard the sound and he left. <laughs> I th- yeah, I, I just wanted him to like poker in the head. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he was choosing not to. I think it was like the circumstance, like right. Yeah, then he heard a car door or something, or somebody showed up. Yeah. Yes, the movie has like in that ode to as we're saying, like you know, either Hammer films or like the Universal horror movies. Uh, this is the movie that officially changes Jason into a Hollywood movie monster because um, he's brought back to life by lightning. Because it's a Frankenstein it. story. <laughs> Which we get like the uh, in-joke of Karloff's general something. Yes. Yeah, uh, general on. merchandise. Man, there's a lot of in-jokes that he throws into this. A lot of like... Carpenter. Uh, Carpenter, Garris, Garris Baker. Yep. Cunningham Road. Cunningham, Cunningham Road. Road yep. Yeah. Because um, I think like uh, Tom McLaughlin, if I'm not mistaken, is also like a uh, a musician, right? Mm-hmm. And so is Mick Garris. And I believe those two guys are buddies. Mm-hmm. Mick Garris being the, you know... Now film credit, or what does he do? Like a podcast. Yeah. Well, and Tom, film Tom Matthews is in Return of the Living Dead. Right before the year before mm-hmm. this. Right. Yeah. So he's kind of horror royalty. Like, like if he's not hitting the convention circuit, he should be. Cause yeah. 
Tom yeah, Matthews, yeah. they brought him back. They keep for, bringing him back for the fan films and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I think he's done two of them at this point. Yeah, yeah there's never Hike Alone in the sequel. Right. Good for him. Never, never something never, alone. Never <laughs> walk in the wood, in snow. I don't know. I, don't know. There's yeah. something. I never watch him. I, I don't personally never do like something. fan films. Yeah. He's the best version of Tommy Jarvis, right? Oh, yeah. This is yeah. by far and away the best iteration of You're Tommy Jarvis. You're saying over... Right? Uh, it's not the fell dog. I'm sorry. It is not. <laughs> what do you got about against the fell dog? I just don't want to watch a horror movie where the lead is a like 12-year-old boy. I just don't. I'm sorry. Like, like yeah. I think that movie's good for a, a, a lot of the time. I had it as my number one, but... I like it a little less every time I watch it. The irony to that is, is that the like I was watching those movies when I was too young, you know, to right. see them. So, so you he was, to him. yeah, that was the thing. It yeah. was like you kind of relate to the kid, but uh, obviously, you know, the older version of him is kind of like like he has become. And this is kind of in retrospect, right? But Tom Matthews is the hero of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Yeah, uh, you know yeah. the way you have Nancy from Nightmare, or, uh, sorry, from yeah, from Nightmare on Elm Street, or Laurie from. Uh, I, I actually Loomis. think he's more Loomis. Loomis. Yeah. yeah, he's a Loomis. He's he knows the situation. He knows the score. He knows how to f- solve the situation. He's the Loomis. I think there needs to be like, well, we're not going to get a movie for a while. Who knows? I mean, he should like come back in an official well, capacity. It's funny you say that, Sean, because Corey Feldman. <laughs> because you know how Corey Feldman, when he wants attention, he'll just say things like they're fact. You know, right, he does yeah. that. Uh, he said, like, literally last week that the rights issues has been settled, which oh is not true. not true. And um, he said that he has been approached to do a Tommy Jarvis versus Jason movie, which what did we just fucking watch? We've already yeah. had it, dude. We've yeah. had our Tommy Jarvis versus Jason movie. I don't think Corey Feldman movie. has seen it. And, well, uh, yeah. But I'm sorry if, they're, if they are going to do a Halloween 2018 situation with Friday the 13th, they're going to get Tom Matthews back, not you. Yeah. Like, they're not going to go Corey Feldman for that. They're going to go Tom Matthews. But yeah, this was like, it was going around all the horror sites last week. And I was like, oh, Corey Feldman wants attention again, huh? He's just, he wants a job. Yeah, he's just saying shit. Yeah. 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 If you so, say it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how everyone in the horror industry after 2018 wants that, like, formula to trickle down to them now. You know? Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I bet they're all pitching that. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, we could do this and mm-hmm. I can come back. And it's the new one. Who's the best Jarvis? I uh, mean, obviously not the guy in five. Well, Tom Matthews is the guy that they keep bringing back for the yeah. Friday the 13th video game. You're mm-hmm. talking about the oh, lawsuit. Um, mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, the reason you haven't had a Friday the 13th movie in uh, since when was the last? Like 2009. 2009. Uh, Bloody Disgusting just posted to, as of today, it has been 12 years and six months since our last Friday. <laughs> We're coming up on yeah. it. At some point, somebody's yeah. going to lose the rights. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's because what Victor Miller, the guy who wrote the original script, is like he owns somehow like the character of Jason mm-hmm. and maybe Mom. It's messy and I don't understand it, but and it's been going on for years yeah. in court. Years. You know. The first movie that identifies Pamela Voorhees is oh, part four. Is it? Her her name's on a headstone that it they is, drive yeah. by, but they never mention her name prior huh. to that. Um, yeah, so the uh, so after being brought back to life by a bolt of lightning, because of course these guys dig him up, uh, Jason comes back as a zombie. This is like the first movie. Um, I mean, it does like a lot the of radical zombie. things for the series, but it like... Um, it makes Jason like the main character in his own movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which you really hadn't had before, because before this, you always saw like his boots or his, uh, you know, his shoulder coming into the, and then they right. usually save the reveal of the mask wearing Jason for like the last 
20 minute, you know, final mm-hmm. confrontation. This one is this like is a James Bond movie. <laughs> this yeah. is yeah. right from the get go. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love that <laughs> intro. Just like, ah, oh. <laughs> this is the first Jason movie I ever saw. This is what, uh, um, oh, what did I, I find this? My, my dad had a VHS in like one of his drawers and I found something like, what is this? Just the headstone and the Jason lives and everything. I don't know where yeah, it's a at. great poster. <laughs> yeah. Excellent poster. Love it. Yeah. He ends up, um, I guess, like the the McLaughlin script is like very different. You know, we're talking about radical departures, too, from the other movies in the series, because, I mean, basically the Friday the 13th movies, if I got this right, right, there's a there's a relatively simple setup of a legend is told or at some point, you know, to a group of people around a campfire, go to a cabin or something off by a lake and then night falls and they start disappearing one by one. Nobody realizes it until like the end. And then it's like, you know, there's one person left and then the killer shows up. This one is not that movie. This is so like all the other movies are basically remakes of the first one. Right. And then part six is like, we're actually going to, there's fucking car chases in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Set to rock and eighties music. Fucking love it. Yeah. By Alice Cooper. Yeah. Stunts. There's stunts in this movie. Yeah. There's yeah. car stunts. Car yeah. stunts. <laughs> With uh, RVs going over on their side and exploding into flames or kind of. The, the thing I think that really sets this movie apart and maybe makes it stick in your memory a little bit more is like having someone like Tommy Jarvis to follow through the movie makes it stand out because like I couldn't really name very many other characters from the other movies that are like counselors or anything. They're just kind of nameless victims, you know? Yeah. Um, but Except having maybe Jenny field. Yeah. Jenny field from the second one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, she got the one up on Jason. She's right. like the only other person who was really memorable. <laughs> well, like uh, it was, she's memorable because she was a foil for him right. in a way yeah. that was like, okay, you can't get past this. You know, she right. got a psychology student or whatever. Right. But following someone who's like, ah, oh, not this shit again. You know, like I've already been through this once and now I got to put an end to it. Makes it, uh, I don't want to say easier to navigate, but it does make it like you're a little more emotionally connected to the movie, you know? Yeah. And they keep throwing, I guess the, the plot engine is then just going to keep throwing adversity in his way because it's like he brings Jason back to life and he's like, I got to stop him. And they're like, well, that that's the movie, right? It's him chasing Jason. So immediately, I think within like the first 10 minutes, he's taken off the playing field because he runs into, uh, you know, I guess what you would do. He goes to get help from the sheriff and the sheriff is like, you're that kid from the psychiatry, you know, from the, uh, the loony bin. I mean, the sheriff's doing the right thing. Like it makes sense what he's doing. Just like, all right, uh, Jason's dead. We know this. Yeah. We are not in a supernatural world. So obviously he's, he's not coming a back. little aggro in the way he, he no, he definitely it. is threatening saying, I'm going to paint the walls of this room with your brains. Yeah, like, and this okay, is like come 30 on 30 seconds after meeting the dude. Yeah. So yeah. It's just like, he is a, he's a yeah, no good. funny business sheriff. Yeah. He's trying to scare the guy. He's yeah. like, I'm going to come on to you the strong. So you like, but he you know. knows this kid is a victim of Jason's. He was like, Oh, aren't you that guy that Jason killed your mom? and all your friends or whatever. Right. He knows like, that. I'm real yeah. sorry about it. He, but. Yeah. he was all cool until Tommy grabs for the gun and then it all goes sideways. Once you do that, it's oh, like, yeah. nope, okay, now, you know. Done. Now you've screwed the pooch. Iron this punk. <laughs> iron the, that's, that's a great line. <laughs> I love iron this punk. <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, so if you're taking Tommy out of the, the movie, then you're gonna, you're, I guess, you, you know, the, the interesting thing to me was that it actually, we see what Jason is doing during the day granted that's not that interesting he's walking 
I but I think words. it is cool to see him do shit during the like kill a bunch of people during the day. I think is mm-hmm. really cool. Like it doesn't make sense as to why they can't see him because they're he's right pretty there. like yeah. the sun's out yeah. full out. You know he stands out pretty well. Yeah. But yeah, big dude, <laughs> hockey mask, you know whatever. But I like the way that they do uh, kind of uh, explain his accoutrement. Right, that he can't see uh, the gloves. Oh, the see, gloves I don't like this get up. No, no, because he looks like a cable guy, like the utility belt <laughs> and the gloves and the like, shirt tucked into the pants. He looks like he's going to come work on the power lines by my. No, house. like seriously, this entire movie, I kept thinking he looks like one of our maintenance guys at work. Yeah, like he, from yeah. a di- I, okay, maybe maybe I do understand how you couldn't see him because from a distance you'd be like, ah, oh, that's a fucking maintenance dude, right. you know. Like if you don't see the mask and you just see the outfit from a distance, you're like, oh, it's Comed coming to fix right, some shit, yeah. you know. <laughs> But he gets all those weapons from those dudes. It's also it's kind of cool. Yeah, he gets about it, right? arrows to throw and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're always like, well, when is he going to use those arrows? Or what? I'm surprised he didn't get a paint gun at some point, mm-hmm. but killed somebody by throwing a paint gun through their head or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the nice shiny machete. Never mm-hmm. been a, oh, never like been that, partial yeah. to the shiny machete. Don't like the that shiny was like one. a Patrick Bateman fucking machete. Yeah, like. brand new. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. bought it right out of the store. Like a shiny that's machete. what attracted mm-hmm. him to it. Well, mm-hmm. he makes it unshiny. Like mm-hmm. I think that's the point. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the other, uh, B plot then is, um, we do have counselors that are introduced. These, uh, counselors, um, seem to have, um, stuff to actually do in this movie. I mean, I suppose like in the other ones, the they're kind of like milling around while they're waiting for something. And right, then they're always like, yeah. waiting for the kids or trying to put together the camp before everyone shows up and all that it's stuff. It's always before the camp opens, whereas yes. this is opening day of the camp. Why is this yeah. camp still open? <laughs> Oh, money, I guess. Yeah, but that's, I guess, uh, this is like something that the movie did that, that was never addressed again, but this one actually goes and says that they changed the name of the town and the County apparently Mm -hmm. from crystal Lake to forest green. Mm -hmm. This actually kind of makes sense. It was like, that was like, okay, we had this week, you know, in 1981, which that's what I'm saying, right? That Friday the 13th, 80 takes place. Well, they, they drowns in 57. Then in 80, that's when the murders happen. One year later, Jason yep. goes on a killing spree for like a week. That ends in part four. <laughs> okay. So a week you know, of mayhem where like, week. I don't know how many Real people week, died. Yeah. We changed the name of uh, Camp Crystal Spirit Lake. Week. His, his, <laughs> yeah, it is like Spirit Week because he has a different outfit for every fucking day. Because yeah, like his outfit week. evolves a lot in that week. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, the he timeline. goes from overalls, plaid shirt, bag on your head to full on mask and button down. Yeah, it is Spirit Week. Every day it's a different Jason. Yeah, because then we figure that it was like it was supposedly five years after Part Four was when a new blood took place, mm-hmm. and this is one year after that. So, if Tommy Jarvis was what twelve in Part Four. Yeah, so we're going with these like, like 18, 18, 19 in this Tom movie. Tom Matthews looks a little old for 18 yeah. or 19, but... But I can believe that his relationship with the the way they're written him. are like 18-year-olds, right? Mm-hmm. Because sure. uh, the Sheriff Garris has a daughter, uh, Megan, who uh, she takes a liking to Tommy, and so this creates a kind of a frisson. I'm using a lot of French words tonight, sorry. Uh, where no. basically, like... Been doing know. Duolingo on the side or something, Colin? Do we need to get sponsored by them? Yeah. Uh, Duolingo. No, so, Is this your segue into an ad right now? And ad break now. So... What he's uh, he's in jail, and we're like, well, how's he going to get out of jail? There is that scene where they the cops actually take him out, 
And Tommy's like, I'm going to lead him to the cemetery. We're going to see that Jason's actually buried. But it turns out that he's been covered over in the that, night. That scene gave me one, gave me another of my favorite like cop lines. You said the one earlier. When Wait, iron this pump? Iron this this one. one's like, this hit the noise in the cherries? Hit, hit the noise in the cherries. <laughs> <laughs> that was my second favorite. That, that one yes, was that's good. That's always been one of my favorites from this as well. <laughs> who, who, what was Tom McLaughlin listening to when he, like... This is how is, does he think this is how cops talk or is this like it's a, a, you know, like these are cops pretending to be like a bigger deal than they are. I, mean, I could using, I feel like I could see Bill Shatner saying that shit on TJ Hooker or yeah, something. You okay. know, yeah. like, well, I think these cops like their job. Yeah. And I think that's it. So like, Sheriff Garris is a big fan of TJ Hooker. And so he's using mm-hmm. that lingo whenever they're yeah. talking around with each other. Um, yeah, he he chips. I could see chips and yeah. stuff like there that, too. Yeah. So Martin, the caretaker, has, of course, taken it upon himself to cover the grave. Naturally. He, he doesn't want to lose his job. He earned that job, Colin. He's, he's, he's got a, he's high, a school damn high school diploma. Yeah. <laughs> and I he wonders and why people would dig up uh, Jason and then looks at us. Some people got us. I'm sorry. Why wouldn't they? Even like beloved celebrities, their graves are kind of overrun with visitors. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like yeah. I like Jim Morrison's grave. Oh, like in, Jim Morrison's in, grave in yeah. France is like a graffiti site. You know? Yeah. So yeah, they're usually defaced in some kind of way, which is I, weird yeah. that Jason's is such pristine. Exactly. Even in part five, they are digging up his grave. Ed Gein's headstone has been stolen so many times mm-hmm. they don't replace it anymore. You know, like it's. That's what. That's exactly what would happen. I would totally go steal a Jason Voorhees headstone if it was just chilling out in a cemetery. <laughs> you know, like me? this small, yeah, you yeah. That thing and yeah. Go. <laughs> oh yeah, that's going in the garage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the... vandals, all of you. Yeah. <laughs> Holly's, like, Holly's just judging us in the corner. Just like, is anyone gonna mourn it, Holly? Is anyone gonna mourn Jason Voorhees headstone being gone? City, well, in the novelization, to... his dad, what apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right, because yeah. you're like, well, the city would have to keep paying for it. But yeah, I suppose yeah. it was his dad. It was actually... Um, he spent hours picking that headstone out. I bet. I bet. So so much so that he just put Jason Voorhees, nothing else on it. Yeah. Just that. No no birth, no death, no he beloved son, none of that shit. Yeah, just, no, because you yeah. just want to kind of fly under the radar as much as you can. Well, you put How is that flying? It. Yeah, putting his yeah. name on it. That's... Yeah, no, if anything, you'd want an unmarked grave, I feel like. Initials. Not buried next to his mom, because his mom is buried out on a road somewhere as they drive past it in in part four. Um, Yeah, it is. Um, That was after the banana kill scene, what? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Worst kill in the whole series. Well, uh, just, you know, from my own uh, personal observation, because everything does eventually tie back to V, uh, Megan, or Jennifer I wrote Cook. it down, Colin, and yeah. I put a bunch of exclamation points. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> we figured out everything connects to V on this podcast. Yeah, she was the star child. This is Megan in the movie. Jennifer oh, Cook was the I star child with her in, it. in right, maybe V, watch the v. final battle. So there you go. And the series that followed, um, which is what got her the job in this movie. I'll be um... Is there anybody else in this movie who is of note who became... So we have Ron, Ron uh, Palio, right? Was that his name? Mm-hmm. Horshack. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Goldwyn, mm-hmm. who's the Kevin Bacon of this movie, right? Yep. Who became a big star after, and director right. after right. this. Mm-hmm. Um, Nancy McLaughlin. Yep. Okay, that's about it. Maybe that's it. Because Tom Matthews never mm-hmm. went on to do much aside from Albert Poon. Poon? Albert Poon movies. <laughs> don't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> including Nemesis, which, uh, yeah, with Olivier or Olivier Gruner or whatever his name is. Yeah. Okay. So um, future cyberpunk movies. Where'd, okay. where'd your French accent go? Yeah. Yeah. Same French accent. It's gone. All of a sudden, you don't know how to do it. 
The Duolingo sponsorship. Yeah, yeah there you so go. Can dropping it now. Can't do it. Yeah, free trial's over. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tommy gets an idea. Like, how are we going to actually like close the loop here? I mean, how do we how do we kill Jason once, good and for all? I mean, you got to return him to the place whence he came, right? Yeah, we need to. It's uh, poetry. This is not a bad idea. Mad. Yeah, no, it's not. really not. I mean, what really? else are you going to do? You know? Yeah, but I like that he gets this idea Move to from, a different state and just. Leave him alone? No, because that's irresponsible. And you brought him back to life. He brought him back to life. That's irresponsible. But but then it becomes his responsibility to take care of the rest of the heat. He's trying to process his trauma, Sean. This is an odd way to do it. No, but 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 he has to. But he going to the grave in the first place was to process the trauma. Right. Yes. And then then, it all went sideways. Yeah. Yeah, It all went sideways. I think he was released from that hospital too soon. I don't think he was Probably. released from the hospital. <laughs> yeah. I think they all just broke out. Because okay. he's in a halfway house, right, in part in part five? And then yeah. it seems like at the end of that one, it's like, man, you're going back to, you know, like the, yeah. the big house. Oh, yeah. But somehow a year later, you're out. Um, so I like that he learns this information by buying books on uh, the occult from Karloff's general store. Apparently, Man- Manual of Occultism? Is that what it was? Yeah. He yeah. three books. Is he going to read these all in one night? Like, what is he? I like to think that he did. Just uh, a lot of time on his hands. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's a dedicated out learner. There. He's like, yeah. mm, I must read the occult. Huh? He's got one night. <laughs> yeah. But he's. What, does does uh, Jason turn back into a pumpkin at the end of Friday the 13th? I assume on the 14th he's gone. Yeah. No, is this whole movie tw- like a 24 hour span? They mostly are. Yep. Wow, yeah. I never really thought about it that way. But Every yeah. single yeah. one yep. of them starts on one night, then you go through the day, and then it ends on the following yep. night. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is why I think two, three, and four are about a week. When you add all that up, that is crazy. Yeah. I never really thought about it that way, but that yeah. Makes but I think sense. Friday yeah. the Thirteenth comes multiple times in that week, which is what kind of makes it weird. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's <laughs> just one week every hundred years. Or, it's Groundhog Day. Uh, yeah, it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> one month for every. It's one Groundhog of those Day, but he gets somehow. a new outfit every day because it's Spirit Week. That's right. <laughs> um. The uh, so the kills in this movie are downplayed uh, as far as the gore is concerned. Although there is like a pretty bloody, um, you know, he punches uh, Horshack's heart mm-hmm. out at the very yeah. beginning of the movie. What's the best kill in the movie? I like the head in the side of the, RV. Side of the RV. I like that I'm one too. That one. I like that one a lot. I like the sound. Mm-hmm. I like the visual. I like that. Mm-hmm. One. I think that's probably my, my that favorite. That whole thing too. is that whole like. Uh, sequence is pretty fun, I think, with Court and her from where they start to where they end. I think it's the sex good. scene where they're clothed because there's no nudity in this movie. Damn. That's right. The only one in the franchise without oh. any. Okay, but let's be honest. When they say no nudity, they really mean no boobs because there's never yes. dong in these movies. So don't act sure. like you're covering up dudes all yeah, of a sudden because exactly. you, you never showed them in the first place. Right. So. Go see Zola. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Holly, you got a favorite kill in the movie? You know, I... I think the Horshack one is my favorite. I think because it's classic, it's the gory mm-hmm. one. I think that's. I think that one's my favorite. And he's punching yeah. hard because yeah. he gets his hand through a loose coat yeah. in the back. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? yeah. The, uh, the the three executives playing paintball being decapitated in one swipe is pretty good too. Yeah. I like that, that, that been, one. It would have been good if we saw it. Yes. So they had better. They had a shot of like the heads falling and rolling, but I guess it just looked really 
fake and not good. Yeah, so I've, seen, out. I've yeah. seen the outtakes yeah. around that Blu-ray yeah. set that what, uh, Shop Factory. What would have been cool is if, like, because the nerd guy shows up behind him, like if he just showed up looking at them and saw them three standing there and just sees their heads roll off and fall down to reveal Jason, mm-hmm. that would have been cool. Like yeah. that's a better mm-hmm. version. Of I think that's scene, what they were trying. Yeah, for. but it just didn't look good because no. mm-hmm. it was on his sword was on a or the sword the machete was on a track. Mm-hmm. It just yeah, it didn't yeah. look very mm-hmm. convincing. I will. I think the aftermath of some of the kills looks better than the actual kills. I like the guy getting bent in half and the sheriff gets bent in half. That is a good one. That is a good one. But like the guy who gets his head just like squeezed until it pops basically, the detail of like all the snot coming out of his nose was just that was really gross. gross. I never noticed that. And then um sissy, the counselor that gets her head twisted off, like her neck stump is really gross. You know, like I like her eyes roll back up. Yeah, Yeah, the aftermath Mm -hmm. is very good in this. I think all those scenes were truncated. I think there was a lot more. I noticed in this they're edited, they're edited around. Like when the cop gets bent in half, I again I remember. More struggling and all that. Yeah. yeah. Well, because you've probably seen on the various Blu-rays that have come out since they, you know, extra uh, deleted scenes do show more to that. They show a lot of them in Crystal Lake Memories too. They'll do like side by sides in that documentary and show like you know mm-hmm. what they wanted to do and what actually ended up happening. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. The the five hour documentary eight hosted hours. eight hour documentary hosted by the Feldster. <laughs> yeah. The, Feld, the <laughs> right. Feldog narrates the yeah. whole thing. It is a really good documentary. It is, though. It is so thorough. It's based on a book by a guy named Peter. Bracky, mm-hmm. who is now basically the de facto historian, like, historian of Friday, Friday the 13th. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Anything you ever want to know about any of these movies is in that documentary. And like, it's really cool as the movies go on, especially the Night- Nightmare on Elm Street has one similar to called Never Sleep Again. I think that one's five hours. Um, where like the later you go in the movies, the less famous the people get, but the more they're just like, hey, they told me I was going to kill by Jason. I said, sign me the fuck up. Like they're <laughs> yeah. so excited to like be a part of the franchise that they don't even care what the movie is. That would be oh, yeah. me. Mm-hmm. That oh, would yeah. be me. That's you get to a certain point. You're just like, oh, I don't care what this movie but is. I get killed by Jason. I'm in. But in both of those documentaries, it's interesting, though, because in the first one, everyone's talking about what it's like to work with Johnny Depp or what it's like to work with Kevin Bacon, even though neither of them are in either of the documentaries. And then later on, as you go, it's more just like these nobodies that are just like, yeah, I, it sounded cool. So I did it. You know, like, it's just interesting to see how that changes over yeah. time. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, the, well, the, uh, the, the, there's, um, in this movie, I guess like at the end of it, like, uh, uh McLaughlin is kind of employing, you know, like kind of cool, like visual ideas. The idea that, like, you know, not only are we going to try and and put Jason in the lake again, but we, if you're going to do it, you're going to light the lake on fire. You know, you're going to have Jason on fire as like in the ring of fire in like the middle of a lake. This is all like really cool looking and kind of like ups the excitement level mm-hmm. of like what's going on here. Because I mean, like I said, there is a chase scene in a car. Uh, that happens in this movie is he's trying to keep the momentum of the movie going. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, again, this is like a total 180 from what this series was doing prior to mm-hmm. this. Um, the it's refreshing. Uh, yeah. Did it I work? So. I guess yeah. is the question. I think so. Yeah. I think it's, I think we all love the, uh, the, how these movies work and you know how they go. But it's nice to see somebody like do something a little different. He's not going completely crazy, but he's doing something a little different. He's adding elements to it we really haven't seen before, which is nice. Including the uh, Alice Cooper music. Mm. Love it. As a longtime Alice Cooper fan, this was the movie. Colin made us go through, I think, six songs on Rock Band of Alice Cooper one night when we were down here. <laughs> yeah. But see, this is the thing. Like, uh, Alice Cooper had kind of like... Uh, 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 
left, no, not left the business or retired. He did a, his career was on a downslide. He was doing solo albums that nobody cared about. He was in a movie, Italian movie called Monster Dog, which mm-hmm. I think we've talked about. He's right? never that, actually yeah. showed up that. on the Saturday Night Freak Show. Um, and so this was like a huge comeback, or huge. This was a big comeback. HBO special, The Nightmare Returns, aired around this time. He had three songs in the movie, including the theme song, He's Back, The Man Behind the Mask. Um, there was one song, though. The album is Constrictor, which basically has Teenage Frankenstein, and He's Back, The Man Behind the Mask. There was that, the chase scene yeah. song, mm-hmm. Hard Rock Summer, was unavailable for years, as poor Colin waited to try and get a good copy <laughs> of this song, and it's on the Life and Crimes of Alice Cooper like box set. So there you go. If you've been looking for this song, there's that's how you can find it. See, this is we live in an age now where like you can get all these soundtrack albums where they put all these songs out from Waxwork Records or whatever, yeah. but like you couldn't get this shit for years. The the felony song in the RV, like that yeah. was like you know where are you going to find that other than in the movie. But now you can find it, thank God, on probably an extended soundtrack sure. album. Or of just this YouTube. Movie. Or YouTube. <laughs> for free. Music. I mean, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, with uh, Jason is, uh, you know, as he's put back into the, the water, uh, it's not just Tommy who's the hero of the movie, because this is another change, the dramatic change that it makes from the other Friday the 13th movies. Uh, Megan who I guess would be in the position of final girl if if Tommy is the Loomis character, uh, Megan actually is the one who delivers the death blow. How does she do it? Boat engine. I was waiting oh, for yeah, somebody else right. to come I around. Like, <laughs> no, I was just Boat thinking. Engine. I was just. I was thinking about how much it would suck to be a stuntman in all this costume in water and on fire. Mm. Oh yeah, like but that. Was that C.J. Graham? Do you know? I, I I couldn't find anything stating the other. I'm sure it's a stunt person, but the but like when you watch him walk into the water, I was like, oh no 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 no! Like all the appliances he's wearing and the mask over that, and you're submerging yourself underwater in that shit. Mm-hmm. Fuck that! And yeah. then on top of that, oh, you got to s- swim around in this water on fire in all this shit. So are you like me That's then rough. that you watch like because I always wonder <laughs> like when he came out of the water yeah. to attack Tommy at the end, uh, his head makeup. I'm always going like, is that thing is it bulging because there's water logged? Oh, inside probably. That I'm thing? sure. You know the foam latex or foam rubber or whatever is absorbing water and then yeah, I don't know. I'm sure whoever <laughs> was in that smelled like that water for weeks because mm-hmm. like yeah, I'm sure it's, yeah, it's seeping uh, into lake the water. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure the most it's disgusting se- of water seeping into the you know that that makeup's not airtight, so I'm sure it's getting in it and getting underneath yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sure he know? had a nice night that night getting out of that and going mm-hmm. home and taking everything off. Ugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then being on fire on top of that, too. So, you know, yeah, but it is expressive. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a really cool. I don't know because you wonder, like, well, where'd the idea to set like a ring of fire to keep him trapped? Right. Yeah. That's what it is. Right? But that's like mm-hmm. an inspired idea. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, that's not the first place I don't think that you'd go. Right. You know, because you're like, well, we got to put like a rock around his neck and we're drunk. Well, clearly, Tommy got it from the manual of occultism, right? Yeah. Yes, obviously. Right. <laughs> well, just to drown him back there. But the the ring of fire, I think, like you're saying, it is to keep him there. But it's like an inspired visual right. d- choice. Mm-hmm, you know, right. it's like really kind of cool. I'm just saying in the world of the movie, I think he got that idea from the book. He was yeah, reading. Like yeah, 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 mm-hmm. for sure. Fire. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Um, so this movie, I guess. um 
didn't really go on to light the world on fire at the box no, office. No, it did not. Well, it is uh, like we discussed the previous one. Whatever the previous one does kind of affects the other one. So yeah, but the previous one made more money than this one. Well, that's what I'm saying yeah. though. But because it was not, it was revealed to not be Jason. Yeah, like I critically, I I don't. Wow, know how spoilers, that one did. Sean. Oh, Jesus. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Spoilers for a 40 year old movie. I'm so but. sorry. I have spoiled my next Friday the 13th pick for the first time. I'm so sorry. I guess but you I, can't pick it now. Oh, too yeah. bad. Um, no, but I think because that one ended the way it did and people were disappointed in it, like that always affects the next one. They're just yeah. like, well, they fucked up that one. I don't want to really go see this one. So interest was lower. Yeah, because ironically, uh, part seven, I think, was the most successful one in the frame. Like, I remember newspaper articles being written about like you know the how much the friday the 13th movies had made all around the release of part seven there was like a thing in premiere magazine yeah. if you remember that and like you don't get this usually you know these movies came out almost every year and there was like you know here's the shot by shot of how we did the scene friday the 13th part seven because i think Part six was so well received, you know, mm -hmm. it uh, by the people who actually saw it, that there mm -hmm. was this interest and then on video and then, you know, whatever. So for part seven, people showed up and then nobody showed up to part eight. So it tells you how part how they thought what they thought about part seven. Yep. This was the first one to not hit 20 million in the Ooh. franchise. So, yeah, because I guess yeah. is the thing like, right. It was Frank Mancuso Jr., mm -hmm who was the son of a Paramount executive who basically he was the producer on these kind of th these movies. I think like Paramount was not proud of. They were shot like off in the away from Hollywood by non-union mm -hmm. crews. And then, but they made it, they printed fucking money and yep. Paramount's like, I feel guilty. But, but I have to fund every other movie that we're putting out. So. Right. This movie had a $3 million budget, which I understand in $86 is a lot more, but that still seems very low to me. Seems very low. Especially for how good this movie looks and how well it holds up over time. $3 million seems very low to me. Yeah. So, Do you think, um, uh, is Tom McLaughlin a better writer or director? I think he's a great writer, honestly. Like, I'm kind of surprised to, like, I was kind of surprised to learn he wrote this and directed it because I was like, Oh, that writing is like really solid in this movie, you know, especially for the six in a franchise after coming off of the mess you have to clean up of number five. Right. He's a good writer. I think he's a good director, too. There's some camera mm -hmm. stuff in this. They're just like, this looks like a good movie. Like there's when people are sneaking around at night, which mm -hmm. is some of my favorite stuff when they end up back at the camp and just the mm -hmm. wind is blowing and you just got that feeling. And they're good atmosphere. like, yeah, a very good atmosphere. They're walking around things where the camera We'll just rush forward a little bit, and the character comes up into camera shot and keeps looking. He does some cool stuff in this. It's visually exciting, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Everyone look at Holly. <laughs> yeah, like, what? I, I think he deserves to be doing better than like what he's doing right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think he deserves hey, more of a happy. shot. Yeah, you know? He, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, give him, give him the next one. I've mm -hmm. always felt that he may not be a good director of actors, only because there's some lines that uh, you know. Having this is the thing, I guess you have when you read the the book, which is basically reading the script, right? You're reading the lines, and then you're hearing people doing it here, yep. and you're like. Uh, it just didn't quite land. There was a joke, which I thought was hilarious when I read it. I think I read the book before I saw the movie um, where uh, uh, Tommy Jarvis has his head in Megan's crotch during a mm -hmm. car chase. Mm -hmm. And she says, uh, you know, something like this is going to be a hairy turn. You better grab on. <laughs> and he shoots her a look and it doesn't play in the movie. 
But I'm like, that's a joke that, you know, like it's a joke. Yeah, sure. But it doesn't, you know, work. And there's other like line deliveries here and there where it's like, uh, if you just would have coached them into, you know, delivering it in a better way. I wonder if in scenes like that, it's more important that the action is right. I think you so. Know? See, that's, like, I think, mm-hmm. where, he, where his yeah, head was. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Was I got to deliver this and get it done, you know, because I don't think he had coverage either. Right. Because this scene, this movie steals a lot of shots. It, yeah. yeah, it yeah, does. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. yeah. He's reusing a few things. A yeah. Few, like car backing up shots. The, I mean, saw a couple times, he but. was saying he was really nervous about the, the RV flip. That was the last scene they shot because uh. they were like, we're going to wreck this RV. So right. we, he said he was like terrified of like, how are we going to do this? Because we have one chance. We have this RV. Right. And it's going to get wrecked. So, yeah. 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 You know. That one turned out very well. Though. Yeah, it did. It's yeah. It did. <laughs> yeah, it looked good. Um. Well, obviously, we know that this wasn't the end of the Friday the 13th franchise. It kept on going. It's uh, maybe still going. I don't know. Uh, It'd be nice if we could hit 13 movies, right? Yeah, because are we on with Freddy versus or the remake? Right, 12, Sorry, that's I think. 12. Yeah. Around 12. I have a question regarding the end of this movie. Now, I'm tr- I'm, I'm tr- I know it's a Jason movie and you can't think about it too much, but they've just gone through this entire thing with Jason. They have him. He is chained to a bottom of a lake. Why is he still there? Like, if you think about how much they're going to have to explain about counselors and sheriffs. Oh, why is he in the next movie? Right. Like, wouldn't be like, hey, uh, the guy who did everything, he's in that lake right there chained to the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't somebody go get him (laughs) or just be like. No, I think the thought is like. like, Oh, he's there. Okay. We can't contain him any better than he's already contained. (coughs) Excuse me. Jesus. (coughs) But wouldn't you want to like. But if cops came well, in, like, cop logic, like well, he would not be left there. Right. Yeah. Just like, All right, well, let's get him. Let's get the body out of there. Right. Like it's just like it's this movie stops existing as soon as it's over. Yeah. You know what I mean? I it's it's like kind of weird that it adds kind of a, you know, like, a, um, I guess a, a mythological or kind of adds to that legend because I've actually <laughs> yes. seen, uh, there's some like real life lake where some they guys, put them down there, they didn't they? Yes, I Jason saw that. It's in, it's in Minnesota. It's in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know where That's it, great. kind of the idea of Jason on the you know chain to the rock mm-hmm. is like another part of the popular culture. You know, if you've seen these series, it's like he's still down there. You know, mm-hmm. at one point <laughs> he came out. He's, he's like Cthulhu waiting <laughs> to to surface. Uh, <laughs> they should just they put one where just his head sticks up just a little bit so you can see some of the mask in the lake. You're like, well. What's that? Yeah. I think uh, uh, Vincent Gustaferino, if I'm saying his name right, been a, yeah, in a lot of... more Italian. Yeah. Yeah. Get your accents back yeah. out, Colin. He's been in a you lot of... You gotta start the Duolingo uh, course for Italian. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Vincent Gustaferino. Yeah. Holly, teach him. Uh, <laughs> he was... Uh, he's the deputy Rick Colon. He is also in this uh, Never Hike Alone fan film oh, with Tom Matthews. Interesting. And he's gone on to obviously do like a bunch of like, you know, if he's in uh, the mob movies, you know, he's, he shows up in... But, uh, yeah, I think they've done two of them now, I think. Right? You said there's, yeah. like, Never Hike Alone and the sequel. So, you know, hey, it's good to know that uh, the folks are – it's just ironic that it's the folks from this movie are carrying the uh, – like, this is where fans are like, no, yeah. this is actually still part of the the myth or the legend right. of Jason. Right. This would be the one where we branch off from. Like, yeah. if we do a – exactly. start doing that, we would – Start here, branch off from this, and start a new series. As which we, I'd be okay. fine. Right. As much as I don't want every horror franchise to right. copy we Halloween 2018, do I don't yeah. want them all to do that. It makes sense to have Tom, like Tommy Jarvis has already done it once. Let's have him keep doing it. Yeah. It makes sense for him to be the Loomis and for him to, like, if nothing else, have a cameo where he, like, 
I don't do that anymore. If nothing else, yeah. to have that kind of scene, right? <laughs> you know, being called back to action, like I don't, I don't do that anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I and, that then for he, years. and then he just says, "Here, use this," and tosses the manual of occultism at them, and then well, he's out of the movie. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, this helps. Yeah, yeah. 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 he's like, "What? I'm old. I dealt with it. Yeah. I put my demons to rest. Yep. No, you got you dug yeah. him up. You got to deal with them. Good yeah. luck." We know this because I think every some version of this is out there now. Like not the Jason, but like I think that story. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at you, Netflix. So there you go. <laughs> there it is. All right. Well, so uh, he's in the he's in the lake. He's in the lake where he forever shall be buried and That's never come right. back again. Yeah, I like that. Yep. Idea. No, no psychic girl will ever wake no, him up from his sleep. Right. He's never going to go to space coming. and all this yeah. stuff yeah. forever no. at the yeah. bottom of the lake. Yep. I know it's a nice, fitting fucking end it to the story. <laughs> it's a nice thing for the legend of Jason. Wrapped yeah. up in a bow. All right. Well, I guess that means that we're going to go around the room and tell you whether or not you should watch this movie or whether we recommend it or what we thought of it. You've already seen it. Everybody's seen this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no first timers <laughs> to this. I don't think so. Uh, but to do that, or before that, we're going to have to read some of your mail. And in order to do that, we're going to have to summon our mailman. And his name is Igor. Bring us the mail. Masters, masters, the mail. I've got the mail. So many letters. Our followers are rising, rising. Why, thank you, Igor. Do you think he was trained up at the bottom of a lake at one point in time? He's he definitely like he's it. definitely yeah. waterlogged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, again, the leakiness. Igor. <laughs> the leakiness. Yeah. Well, we want to remind you how you can take part in this interactive portion of our show. All you gotta do is uh go over to Facebook. Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show. Or Twitter. At Sat Freak Show. Or you can email us. Saturday Night Freak Show Yahoo.com. Or follow along on Instagram and uh, leave us a comment. Uh, for about tonight's movie, which is Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives, B-Movie Poster Vault, writes in and says, Years ago, I tried re-watching all the Friday the 13th movies in order over a few days. This, it turns out, is exactly the wrong way to watch these movies. By the time I reached Part 6, I felt like I was in a murdery Groundhog Day <laughs> and found the movie kind of dull. Oof. I mean, that is the wrong way to watch them. I've yeah. tried to do that too, and it's not. Yeah, marathon. Then they blend. Yeah. 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 Uh, DJ Dogman Fish says, I want a new cut of this film featuring dialogue from the 1931 Frankenstein mixed with the three <laughs> Stooges shorts. <laughs> I'd be down for that's that. That's funny. Someone on YouTube, I'm sure, can do it. I'm going to say that's cool. Uh, Adam Kaler says, ah, Jason lives. The one where Jason dresses like a telephone pole repairman. <laughs> yeah. He must yes. have seen Lucinda Dickey in Ninja three, the domination and thought that's the job for me yes. for success. <laughs> what do you think Jason keeps in his belt pockets? Arrows, eyeballs, maggots, Lots of maggots. Maggot snacker. <laughs> yeah. I think he's a maggot snacker. Yeah. Maggot just, snacker. Just, oh, that's a gross phrase. <laughs> maggot, maggot snacker. Does Copyright Jason 2021 Saturday Night Freak Show. Gross. Maggot snacker. Yeah. Uh, Travis Legler says, holy fuck. It's about goddamn time. Part seven is my favorite because it was the first movie. I believe Jason was pissed off and full of rage and mm. looked the best. This one is my second favorite in the series. Good story, good acting, and a good song by Alice Cooper. I love a lot of the humor in the movie. I would say if it had the gore in it, part seven, along with part six, are the textbooks examples of a good, fun Friday movie. Fuck me. Running. I can't wait for this episode. I hope it lives up to your expectations. Uh, But I, 
I yeah, I that I think that goes back to what I was saying, but like there's really not a wrong favorite to have unless you say Jason goes. As down. long as it's one of the first six. Yeah. Mm. No, people I could understand when people like part seven. I get it. Okay. Yeah. I, can I understand get people it. liking part eight. I, part eight too. I understand too. <laughs> literally, literally, Jason X and Jason goes to hell are the only two I would not understand if you were like those are my favorite. That's true. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise, any yeah. other one. If you say it's your favorite, I'm like, I get it. Yeah, that's like, fine. Yeah, I'm yeah. argue with on that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those two are just like. Mm-hmm. Whereas with other franchises like a Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween, no, there is definitive good and bad. Mm-hmm. Like there is like, if you say certain ones are your favorite, you're wrong. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. Well, Michael Whitaker says, I only watched this recently, and after years of seeing these movies sporadically and out of order, I was a little surprised to discover that the big secret to Jason's immortality was a lightning strike. I guess at this point, the franchise was pretty much off the rails. I mean, you can think part five for that, if that's what you think, you know? Yeah, it was off the rails. Yeah. This is an attempt to like do something different. With Bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Put it back on the rails. Uh, this is the start of the, the rails. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nick Siebel says this one is uh, one of the better entries of the Friday the 13th series. Tommy Jarvis versus Jason in the middle of a fiery lake was epic. It had one of the best kills ever. The sheriff getting bent over backwards. Who could forget the camp kids? That was always awesome to finally see kids at the campground. If you haven't seen the fan film yet, never hike alone. It's awesome and free on YouTube. Tom Matthews reprises his role as Tommy Jarvis. All right, maybe I'll check him out. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not a fan of fan films, but I'm not usually either. Maybe I'll Mm -hmm. check him out. But I think it's uh, Never Hike in the Snow is the second one. That's the second one. You're right. Yeah, Yeah, that's the 40 minute one or something. Oh, geez. All right. I'm not watching that one. No, I can't. 40 minutes? What are you doing? I could Uh, be wrong, but it's longer than the first. All right. Uh, Nelson Nascimento says part six is one of the better entries in the franchise but perhaps also the pinnacle as the franchise takes a dive from here for me i like to think of this as one of the unofficial i like to think of this one as the unofficial official end some recent Mm -hmm. fan films never hike alone (laughs) are better than what came after this one there you go uh ed snyder says this is my favorite friday the 13th film and the one that's a total blast to watch with friends Tom McLaughlin really made a fun horror film with a ton of goth influences and classical horror nods sprinkled throughout. Look forward to hearing you guys talk about it. Well, thank you. Hell yeah. Owen Johnson says, from this point on, Jason is basically an unstoppable force, and I love it. Zombie Jason. Personally, I love his design in part seven, his exposed spinal cord and gnarly Mm. face. Yes. Yeah. It's hard to top the part seven design. Yeah, that look is just great. But we couldn't have that without this movie this right so. gotta make gotta make zombie jason before you can have mm-hmm. waterlogged jason. zombie jason <laughs> zombie jason jacob cotner says this is one of the best in the franchise jason lives is proof that you can add humor without overdoing it it's a fresh ride every time i watch it and director tom mclaughlin is a really nice guy did you know that he played the jabberwocky keep freaking y'all what Okay, but he was the Jabberwocky in a 1985 television version of Alice in Wonderland. Huh. Yeah. So well, if go. I ever see him at a convention, I'll talk to him about it. Actor, director, writer, musician. Jabberwocky. Any- I'd meet him. I'd be curious. Honestly, if I met him, I'd probably ask him about cyber seduction myself. <laughs> I would ask him, Does he, do you know how palm pilots work, sir? Yeah. <laughs> when was that movie made? When's it from? Like 2006. 2006. <laughs> Something those like that. Yeah. Are, there's a color on those? No, no, there's <laughs> not. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I flip on the color on yeah. one. 
Uh, DJ Molka says, I absolutely love Friday the 13th Part 6. The humor is on point. I mean, come on. He's resurrected by freaking lightning. People either love it or hate it, but the, by, by the sixth movie in the franchise, you got to learn to have fun, and this one does. Killer Alice Cooper tune to go with it. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, killer tunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, RD64109 says, it's one of my favorites. The question is, if they were to remake this movie, who could you see play Tommy now? Ooh, yeah. Have we ever thought question. about that? Who would be like the new Tommy? Because we'd have to do it at some point, I guess. <gasps> see, that's what I'm saying. Don't remake it. It's Tom Matthews. It's oh, I mean, like, yeah, Corey I agree. Yeah. Stick with Ripley, Tom Matthews. You know? and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I no. agree. But you know they would. But but I think I think they should bring back the character if we continue to go on with this series. Yeah. But so then gotta, they would. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. So they got to cast someone. Ooh, that's a hard one. But we'll update one. you with that because after the podcast is over, I'm going to sit you down know, and look at it. Not that I would want it, but I could see Jared Padalecki wanting it and coming oh, no. for it yeah. because he can't keep away from these like right. 2000s horror movies. So I could see him coming for it, and but I don't he think he'd be history cast. History with the franchise. Yeah, so I could see him trying for it, but I don't think he's the choice. Mm-hmm. They're like, aren't you Walker, Texas Ranger? It's just Walker. It's just Walker. Sorry, too cool for. Is he a Texas Ranger though? I mean, maybe, but the show is just called he Walker, is. and in the commercials, they all just refer to him as Walker. Walker. Yeah. So. Walker. Hey, Texas Ranger. It's one of those, like I said, it's one of those shows where, like, they don't have any money, so, like, when it's nighttime, it's just black behind them. Like, there's, like, a big sheet or something is what it looks like. It's <laughs> real bad. I'd like to think there's a rights issue where they can only have Walker and Texas Ranger is just, like, somebody owns the Texas Ranger <laughs> right. part of that. Right. And like, you can't do it. I'm sorry. He's just Walker. Right. <laughs> Well, Mike Welch says, uh, I've read the novelization to this movie, oh, nice. and I did a book report it on it in high school. Nice. That's kind of cool. I wonder, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty I wonder what the teacher thought of that. I'm, yeah, I'm what kind of grade did you get? Yeah. yeah. I read, I did a report on Voltaire. I did Friday the 13th Part 6. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Lives by Simon Hawk. There you go. You want to look it up. It actually does give backstory for Jason as a kid. Uh, Mark Harris, if you can find that novel out there anymore, I don't know. Yeah, a thousand dollars on eBay, sure. Is it? Should be no. fine, probably. Uh, Mark Harrison says uh, the film was originally meant to end with Jason's father visiting his grave and paying the graveyard keeper for maintaining the grave. This ending was removed when the studio wanted more deaths, so they added the death of the gravekeeper and the double motor- motorbike impalement scene. That's right; those right. were added after mm-hmm. the fact. Um, he asks, could have adding Jason's father to the story derailed the series like the man in black did for Halloween five. Yeah, it would have. Yeah. Like we talked about earlier, it would have been, it would have changed the tone of the movie dramatically. I think we would have been going into backstory. Mm-hmm. You know, Rob Zombie. Yeah. Mode. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want that. No. Yeah. Uh, CJ Lewis says this was my favorite version of Jason to use in the Friday, the 13th game. On the PS4. Yes. That's that's a bold choice because he can't run. He's one of the ones in the game that can't oh, really? run. Yeah. Oh. They all have different I've only, I played a little bit. They all have different abilities and different like things they're good at, and he's definitely one of the more difficult ones to play with, that's for sure. Interesting. But. And the cool thing about that is that Kane Hodder, the Jason, went and played all the previous Jason. So he actually played like all yeah. the other Jason. He did all the motion capture yeah. for that game. <laughs> yeah. Like he did them differently, right? Yep. And yeah. And then Tom Savini created a new Jason just for that game. Did, the Savini like Jason. From, like from Hell Jason? It's, like he's it's Hellfire Jason or something? Savini's yeah. interpretation of after he came back from Jason Goes to Hell, what Jason would look like. He's and it's really cool. Inside. Yeah, you can yeah. see it. And right? he's got like the fire <laughs> chains around him yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. It's he's awesome. like, oh, he's like a pitchfork mm-hmm. that he stole yeah, yeah, yeah. from Lucifer. Oh, 
is kind of like Ghost Rider. Oh, that ruins everything. Yeah, he is kind of like Ghost Rider. Shit, I'm sorry. Take it back. Well, Peter Gett, and I think this is maybe... Okay, so he says, besides Jason, how many characters can you actually name? Checking the end credits, there are 26 listed. So he says, three, two, one, go. Megan? Megan. Tommy? Garrus? Sheriff Garrus. Sissy? Rick. Sissy, yeah. Mm -hmm. Martin. Court. Martin. Yeah. Court. Nancy. Haas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nancy. Mm -hmm. Paula. Mm -hmm. You said Court. Mm -hmm. Nikki. Is there a Paula? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's um, a... <laughs> gets splattered all over the place. Uh, yeah. Oh, the popcorn. Rick Clone. Oh. Did we say that? Oh, that's oh, yeah. We forgot to talk about the popcorn oh, murder. Bloody popcorn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a dramatic zoom in on bloody yeah. popcorn. So that's the thing. They aren't just indistinguishable characters. We know who they are, damn yeah. it. We just, we watched, just watched the movie. Yeah. Uh, so uh, about uh, two weeks ago, we watched a movie called House of Wax. Andrew John says, I never understood the hate on this. I love it. It's more of a tourist trap remake, but it's still just a fun movie on its own. I yeah. can't wait to listen to your show as always. I can't wait till they make the tourist trap remake and it's just a rip off of House of Wax. Yeah, everybody else <laughs> right, like, hey, right. this right. this is House more like House of Wax than anything else. <laughs> well, Spags Getty says, as you say, this movie is heavily influenced by the classic Tourist Trap, an underrated gem of film, this one. One of the best post-Golden Age horror films in my oh-so-humble opinion, a low score will be frowned upon. Oh. <laughs> well, fear not, well, friend. That's right. You're going to have yeah, to go back and to everyone. check out Listen our to that episode. House of Wax episode. All right. So thank you again, everybody. Oh, yeah. Each and every much. one of yeah. you for writing a full mailbag. I know, because yeah. it's Friday the 13th, mm -hmm. part six, Jason Lives. So we're going to go around the table, tell you what we thought of the movie, starting with Sean. I gotta go first tonight. Um, <laughs> Friday the 13th, part six. Uh, first Jason movie I ever saw, I believe. Um, and I love this movie. Um, I've loved it ever since I first watched it. Um, there's a lot, uh, like we've been talking about, like Michaela said, we're not going to blame anybody for, except for two, what you pick is your favorite Jason movie, because like Halloween, all that stuff, you pretty much, you can pick your own flavor at this point. You get something different with each one. But this one... Um, uh, this one I like a lot. It is more, it feels like a lean, mean Jason. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, there's a lot of elements in this movie that, that are really great. Um, the atmosphere is fantastic in this movie. It really does feel like, it feels like a cold night in the woods, which has always been like scary to me. And to be at a campground and stuff like that, um, that works on me. I think uh, I think Jason's good. I mean, it's not the best Jason, but um I think the especially like how he looked when he got out of the grave when he's just standing there staring at Tommy and it starts to rain and, and they have like the unmasking scene first. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, right. It's, it's good. I th they do a lot of good stuff with this character. I like all the other characters. I like Megan. I like Tommy. I like the sheriff. Like I think everyone's it's a fun movie and everyone's doing everyone's doing good. Um, I always enjoy this movie. Um, it is probably my. F I'll say right now it's my favorite of the series, but that'll switch. There's other good stuff in other ones. Um, but yeah, how could you not recommend this movie? Like, I don't, I understand it not being your favorite, but to say this, like, this is not a good movie or I don't like this, I don't know. I don't know how you could get to that point, but yeah, I think this is a great movie. Um, one of the best of the Friday the 13th. Um, I say we give McLaughlin another one and see what he can do. So yeah, I definitely recommend Jason Lives. Uh, Holly. Um, yeah, there's there's some elements about this movie that I don't care for. Like, I really don't like the humor in this. It does not work for me. Um, and I think one of our listeners said that it, it kind of drags. It was kind of dull in some parts. And I agree with that. I think it is dull in some parts. Um, but that being said, like, you know, Sean was saying, the atmosphere is fantastic. Um, it, it's a, it's an entertaining movie. It's enjoyable to watch. I, 
I do miss the gore. Like I, I want more gore in my in my Friday the Thirteenth movies. So that that is a, a giant downfall in my opinion. Um, but again, it's still a fun movie. It's a good time. Um, it's definitely not the worst. I I I like this movie. I have fun with it. Um, so I'm gonna recommend it for sure. Good but, music as well. Yeah, good, good music. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some good stuff in this. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna recommend it. It's fun. It's a good time. Uh, it might be slightly disappointing in some parts, but I'm going to forgive it. So yeah, recommend. Colin, what did you think? Well, I think like Sean, I think this was my first Friday the 13th movie. I, obviously I had, uh, you know, uh, wanted to see these films. I know I was aware of part five, but I couldn't go see it. I was too young and the novelization came out. Somehow my parents were okay with me buying a book. Of a movie. <laughs> well, at least he's reading. At least yeah. he's like reading. That, yeah. Even <laughs> I do that with my kid. Like, well, at least he's reading something. Yeah. Like, it'll help. So it was like, well, I'm reading a Friday the 13th movie, then you're waiting for the movie. So there's that kind of, uh, you know, your expectations are shaped by, there's a lot of, even when I watch it now, I know why people are doing the thing. The, the novelization smooths out all the <laughs> connections. And you're like, oh, that's because they, you know, they were thinking this at the time, you know, and that kind of thing. But, um, just based on what we're presented in this movie, I think um, it's a it's a weird place to be in in recommending it because you're like, well, is it the best Friday the Thirteenth movie uh, or the movie that uh, epitomizes what Friday the Thirteenth is? Um, I I don't think it is like the the quintessential Friday the Thirteenth movie, right? I mean, I mean, I'm obsessed with at least the first four of them. Uh, part three is the one that I think I've seen probably the most next to this one. Uh, part one, every time I watch it now, I'm like, you know, that's a solid movie, like a really good thriller, you know, and, and well recommended, uh, two solid two, but you know, it's like either one or two, you don't need both of them. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, and true. then, um, and three, I like a lot because like, that seems to be like all the pieces are working together, but four is really like, the Friday the 13th movie, even though it's not necessarily the best movie movie, if that right. makes any sense. This is the best movie movie, and I think um, this is the movie that you can recommend to people who don't like horror movies, right? Uh, it, it, somebody who's not really into that kind of stuff, it's like, no, no, no. If we watch this movie, you're going to have fun. This movie, that is the primary goal of this movie, is to entertain, to be a fun movie. It's funny. You know, I mean, you go to the Avengers, and you're f expecting a big action movie with, you know, science fiction stuff. You didn't expect that movie to be as funny as it was. I think the same thing occurs here. You go into it, and you're like, huh, I didn't think that there'd actually be like, you know, this is a, it balances things out. I mean, it gets serious towards the end, but never really like brutal, you right? Know? which yeah. I guess is what the Friday the 13th movies were known for. So that's why I'm saying it doesn't really feel like core Friday the 13th, but I think it's uh, an audience is an easy access way in. And it's the best uh, plot construct. It actually has a plot. I would almost argue that the other Friday the 13th movies really, don't have well-developed plots. This one actually does. There's a lot of characters in conflict, you know, uh, all positioned against each other. And the characters know where they're going. Yeah, and it has, like, uh, you know, like, this is a trajectory that we're going on. It gives us this forward momentum. It moves. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, McLaughlin is celebrated now, uh, you know, because he made this one movie, you know, but I'm like, yeah, you made uh, the best Friday all, all the 13th you do is make movie. One. Yeah. Make so, um, and, and yeah, I, I, uh, 
I guess I hadn't really thought of it as um, like the capper on the the storyline, right? I mean, because it really it is the end of the Tommy Jarvis uh, story, mm-hmm. uh, which spanned three movies, and then there's also like his re- Jason's Reign of Terror, which spans about three movies. Uh, they overlap, and then you kind of have this uh, nice six movie. That's the Friday the Thirteenth story. And then after that, it really is like, well, I like what he looks like in part seven, but man, that and movie he goes to Manhattan sucks. Part eight, you know, and I and like bits and pieces of those right. movies, but like right. they really do kind of suck. You just you <laughs> like, you know, yeah, iconography like yeah. so much, you know, yes. and Kane Hodder, you know, in them. Um, but I think Friday the Thirteenth, the storyline is one through six, and this has a nice rhyming ending uh, for the the saga. So yeah, I mean, I absolutely recommended four stars. Uh, Sean, or, you, know, you did it. Michaela, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll go again. I love it. It's a good movie. Um, maybe like a year or two ago, loyal listener of the podcast, Sean Roger, had asked me like, oh, what's your like ranking for the entire franchise? And at that point in time, I said part four was my favorite. And he said part six was his favorite. And that kind of made me reevaluate. So I went back and watched them. And you know what, Sean, you were right. Part six is better than part four. And I think... That like whenever uh, uh, speaking on behalf of all Sean's, I'll just say thank you. Yeah, like I'll, I'll take that credit. You're, you're just gonna hear that part that Sean, you were right, and you're gonna yeah, that's all replay I heard, that. Really, yeah, yeah. Like, oh. um, and it, I, I part four, like I think revisiting it, you forget how much downtime is just uh like you know the fell dog playing with masks and shit, and I'm like I'm not here for that. Like let's get to the killing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I this movie is the shortest runtime of any movie in the franchise at an hour and twenty six minutes. Love that. Let's yeah. get in. Let's lean, get out. Lean yeah. and mean yeah. and let's uh, go. Yeah. Uh, love it. Um, I think that, like I said before, having a central character to follow that is like a Loomis in Tommy Jarvis really helps this movie a lot. And I don't want every franchise to get the Halloween 2018 treatment, but it makes sense for this franchise to do it because they've already done it once. Mm-hmm. So why not do it again? Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see Tom Matthews get cast again. If we re- have to recast him, I don't know because like, if we're going in real time, like how we are with 2018 and Halloween 2018 and jumping forward, it should just be Tom Matthews. It shouldn't be a younger person, right, you know? Right, yeah. Um, and I don't really want to see Tommy Jarvis consistently at like 20 years old. I don't really want that. No. Um, this movie. Yeah. I wish it was a little gorier. I respect the fact that there's no nudity in it. I respect that it took chances. I respect that it knew what people liked, but also was like, I'm going to give you something new on top of that. Mm-hmm. And for me, it all works. I love it. I I think it's weird. I think people maybe who d- aren't familiar with this franchise, when you say that the sixth installment is your favorite, probably sounds kind of insane. <laughs> but with how chaotic this universe is, any like I said, anyone could be your favorite. And as long as it's not Goes to Hell or Jason X, it makes sense. Right. Um, if those two are your favorite, you better be ready to go to bat and justify it because <laughs> those are not Friday the 13th movies. So um, you got to see it. If you haven't seen it already, why have you waited... 35 years to watch it yeah (laughs) go go watch it i hope everyone from this movie hits up the convention circuit love to meet you and ask questions you gotta watch it i mean especially if it's a friday the 13th this should be towards the top of what you're gonna watch Mm -hmm. to celebrate the high holiday so for sure definitely recommend part six there it is. If you do all go to the conventions, we're going to start slipping the script for the continuation yeah. of this yeah. to all these characters. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Let's yes. do it. Yeah. 
All right. Well, there you go. Wait, was that uh, unanimous? Yeah. yeah. Freak okay. show approved. Yeah. Freak show approved. Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives. Uh, next week, we're going to be watching a movie that's chosen by... Colin. Colin, what are we going to watch next week? Uh, we're going to watch the greatest American giallo movie ever made. It was made by Brian De Palma, and it's called Dress to Kill. Ooh. All right. Okay. All right. It's been so, a while since De Palma's made an appearance, right? I know. That's why I was like, man, we haven't done one since Body Double. So yeah, got to go uh-huh. prep yeah. yourself. All right. Listen to the Body Double episode. See if we repeat ourselves next week. <laughs> Dress right. to Kill on the Saturday Night Freak Show. And until then, ladies and germs, the basement is going dark. <laughs>